Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Holt Smash. What's up, Holt? Not much, Alex. Just uh, enjoyed the Braves' uh, walk-off win right there. Dansby Swanson with a two-run home run. Braves scoring four runs in the ninth to uh, over the, the hated Nationals. Definitely enjoyed that. Was it the official reverse jinx that I put on? Yeah, it was. You, you jinxed it, but then you pointed out that you jinxed it, so you you, you reverse jinxed it. Yeah, they weren't ready for that. Yeah. The Nationals just weren't didn't have the game plan ready for that. That's right. So uh, glad you caught that. Um, you know, otherwise that dance we may have just flown onto the warning track right there. But I also want to say that I'm glad that you always point out that this is the official SEC Slow Smoke podcast because you know some people might get confused. There's a lot of and. You know, while we do it, we are flattered. You know, it is important that we point out that this is the, you know, the official. It, it ain't easy being at the top. That's all I'll, just, I'll say is that it's it's not easy when you have everyone coming at you. We have to we have to let everyone know we don't we haven't got the blue check mark yet, but it's coming. It's coming one day. And also, you can buy blue check marks by the way. So um, maybe we could sell ours because we don't need to buy one. But maybe one day we'll we'll have one, so we don't have to say the official anymore. Also on the podcast is Mr. J.B. Brooks, who is very excited to talk about SEC schedule right now. I am indeed. Nice to hear from you, J.B. and Holt. So the SEC released the schedule today on the SEC network. However, there were rumors of it being leaked before that. Holt Smash, I thought you were going to break, break the news on Twitter about who Alabama was going to play in the first week. Um, but you didn't follow through on your source, or your source didn't completely um, give you 100% confidence. Um, I, I'm not sure what you're referencing. Are you referring to the LSU schedule that supposedly leaked yesterday that was wrong? I think you were telling me. Maybe maybe I just don't read all of your y'all's texts thoroughly, but somebody was saying that like the Iron Bowl, Iron Bowl was going to play today. Yeah, th- there had been some people who had hinted at that. Um, earlier today that it could possibly be the Iron Bowl in week one. Um, but I think that was just some trolling. Yeah. Was- so the, the SEC released the schedule today. I think it was on SEC Network. Uh, JB, were you there watching live like it was like a Super Bowl watch party? Um, Not totally. I mean, I was actually listening to it on the radio in the beginning, but I did get back to hear a little bit of analysis uh, during a little break period that I had. So I was able to like turn on the TV and see a little bit, but in all honesty, I was really waiting for the uh, actual schedule release. I mean, I'm kind of bummed about 
the week one schedule, to be honest. I was really wanting to see some marquee matchups, maybe even a rivalry game. But, like, this is just a really terrible slate to open up the season. I mean, I mean the SEC missed a big opportunity, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I've heard, though, that people are saying that they didn't want to open up, like, the big rivalry games in week one because you never know if you have to delay games or whatever. Whatever the case might be this year, you never know. But um, just in case you had to cancel or delay the week one games, uh, you didn't want that to be, like, the best game of your schedule. Yeah, and, I mean, that that was another reasoning, too, is you just don't – we don't know, like, the whole situation with COVID-19 is fluid. It's re- evolving. It's changing every day. We don't know if we're going to get through an entire We don't know if we're going to get through our entire schedule. Is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, we don't know if we're going to play all 10 games. We don't know if we're just going to play one game. We don't know if we're going to play four or five games. Who knows if we're ever going to play a game at all. Like, there, nobody knows anything right now. Yeah, it um... – it will be fun to see what the case will be. Um, that being said, um, did either of you get a t- chance to look at the schedule completely? I um, it's kind of overwhelming to me for me to look at the schedule all at once. So like I just I pick out a few teams and see see who it is. And also you kind of think about there's ten games and there's only fourteen SEC teams, so you're really just playing everyone except for what like three teams. So it's just who are the three teams you're not playing. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing, too, is just, like, the order and, like, when the robbery games are played. And, you know, obviously a lot of stuff is really mixed up this year. It's just going to be, you know, I mean, we knew it was going to be weird, but, you know, definitely some really weird scenarios. Like, a lot of robbery games are not being played the last week of the season. Um, a lot of unusual matchups. You know, Florida, Tennessee, usually is early in the season. That's now going to be the last game of the season. So, um, you know, just some weird uh, matchups. Uh, LSU. Auburn on Halloween, kind of a kind of a cool matchup as well. Um, you know, so I mean, just just more just unusual than anything. But you know, if they're able to get through and play um, all ten weeks, or I guess it's eleven weeks, but um, you know, if they're able to get through the whole season, then uh, I think this has a chance to be a really really entertaining season. One thing I've been hearing a lot is um, obviously the out of the Power Five, the SEC, ACC, and Big Twelve are kind of sticking to their guns and having a football season despite the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceling, um, which was kind of crazy if you think about it. That's kind of what we called last week, um, a week ago, or last Sunday, I guess, is when news were news was starting to swirl that Big Ten is probably going to cancel and Pac-12 is going to cancel. I didn't think they would actually do it that soon, but they did, in fact, cancel their seasons. Uh, the question now is, um, will they look like – they're really smart or will be one of the worst moves ever if um, the season's actually played out. So that's what I've seen, uh, JB, is that a lot of people have been saying that, you know, what if we actually get through the season completely fine and um, there's no real big issues. And then Big Ten and Pac-12 are just sitting there watching SC and Big 12 and ACC playing and, they're just going to be twiddling their thumbs. Uh, I just don't know how that's going to play out. It's just not going to look great. Uh, I can tell you that much. No. I, the long-term effects for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, if the SEC and Big 12 and ACC are able to play a full 10-game schedule while they're sitting on the sidelines, could be detrimental to both of those conferences as far as, like, future status and the college football spectrum. I mean, I, I, both of them could see effects to where both of them lose Power 5 status 
I mean, that's how extreme I think it could be for those two conferences if the other three being the Big 12, SEC, and ACC are successful. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but, like, I just feel like it's not – it's not like Ohio State's not going to be Ohio State in like three or four years, or right. Well, here's the thing: like Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. I mean, they're brands; they can survive. But some of these other schools, like say Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, you know, schools like that may not survive. You know, going a year without football. But I mean, the the obviously the Blue Bloods <clears throat> will have a means to survive. But as far as like the conference itself, I mean, the conference is really gonna like have a lot to lose if they if they sit on the sidelines because you're, you're talking about negative recruiting in the future too um you know you're talking about lost money that those schools aren't going to get i mean it, it's it the effects could be really long-term and damaging that's on the uh right side of the spectrum if the football season happens and everything happens it happens to be all right when everyone's playing football um on the other end of the spectrum big 10 and pac 12 could actually look smart if we get to a situation you know week two whatever that is in like late september early october um and there's just a outbreak of covid cases on each team where you're canceling games left and right have you have you had a chance to think about that side of it Holt, to see well we're all kind of like dogging the pac-12 and big 10 right now for not playing but they actually could look like geniuses if the um if they pandemic gets worse within culturable teams yeah and i mean but that's the thing though is that you know the sec doesn't have to make a decision right now and i mean you know i know the schedule being released today is awesome and really positive and it's got everybody you know thinking that it's going to happen and i mean i still believe that it will but you know the main thing the sec has going now is that they can still postpone to the spring if they want to i mean i don't know if they'll actually play in the spring but you know, that option is still going to be there for them. You know, if it, it really gets out of control. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we're definitely going to see some uh, some cases. We're definitely going to see uh, some games get postponed, I think. Uh, the question is, you know, are they able to survive the pressure from that and uh, to push through it? Um, but obviously if something like really bad happens where, you know, someone gets really – like a player gets really sick um, – and, uh, you know, they're just under immense pressure to uh, postpone the season, then, yeah, you could definitely end up looking really bad. Um, but at the same time, you still have that option to move it to the spring. Um, and, you you know, you don't have to make any quick decisions right now. Yeah, that, in the worst-case scenario, you plan to have a season, you play week one, then week two, there's a whole bunch of cases everywhere, and, like, you just have to cancel the season. Obviously, nobody – wants to cancel the season when you've already started. But, I mean, I think a lot of people would, despite despite how it looks later, would have more respect for at least trying to have a season, not just, like, completely giving up and throwing your hands up in the air. I mean, at least you're trying, and you can always cancel the season after the fact. So I think that's the worst-case scenario. Um, and, I mean, at that point, I guess you could maybe blame athletic directors and commissioners for having a season – during a pandemic, but I just, I don't think that's how it looks. Uh, the outlook would be from players, coaches, fans, everyone combined. No. And I mean, you know, the thing is there's going to be so much pressure from the media, from, you know, the big 10, the pack, anything that they say publicly or privately to the media is going to be negative. It's going to be geared towards wanting to 
pressured the other conferences into canceling as well. Um, so it's going to be a lot of negativity. Um, you know, you're going to hear a lot of things. And, um, you know, you've already heard the Pac-12, you know, talk about how their doctors are saying, like, you know, there's no way they could play a season and all this stuff. And it's just, you know, it, it's kind of hard to believe because why did they wait for the Big Ten to cancel if it was so bad? You know what I mean? I, I, part of me just, you know, just like we said last week, a lot of it's political and a lot of it is, uh, you know, having to do with the players unionizing and, and things like that. I, I think those played just as big of a role as COVID, if not more, um, you know, and, and the actual um, reasoning for why they canceled the season, not so much because of they're worried about players getting sick, you know, it, it's those other factors um, that are at play. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how it plays. I mean, I think, I think everyone is expecting there to be cases and outbreaks on, on different teams. We'll just see how it's handled. Um, it kind of reminds me how baseball uh, started the year off with the Marlins uh, having a small outbreak on their team and the Cardinals, and then you know, they had to cancel and delay games. And it was got kind of scary there for a little bit of baseball because people were really concerned or worried if they would cancel the season. But they're um, holding strong and doing doing all right despite there being some small outbreaks on teams. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out in college football. But the – the pressure will be intense from from everyone. It's and it's what's crazy about the pressure. It's from both sides. You have um, the media and some people, just in the general population, saying like you can't play during a pandemic. It's crazy to think about. You're, you don't care about players' health or health of the general population at all. And then there's like the actual players and fans and players' families who are like positioning and trying to get everyone to play i think um i, I don't know if i'm sure you followed it jb but do you see justin fields got like the petition going in i think there's like different parents of different teams like had a meeting or like a signed um statement saying like we want our sons to play this year yeah i saw that and i think it's over a quarter million that he's got signed so far over 24 over 24 hours that he's had that petition yeah i don't Alex, if you saw the pic, the alarming pictures from Tuscaloosa this past weekend of the students crowding the bars uh, back when they when they first opened, yeah, I saw that one. Did y'all see the one from uh, North Georgia just like a couple of days ago? University of North Georgia, which obviously isn't a powerhouse in football at all, but uh, no. it's just like kind of representative of in general how a college is going to be, regardless, just because nobody's really going to pay attention to social distancing. Yeah, to me, that is the most alarming thing. It's not because of students getting sick, in my opinion. The biggest problem, it's hard to ask 18 to 22-year-old football players to, you know, not hang out with students. And the students are going to still treat college like it's normal, like regardless if there's a pandemic going on. They're there to to socialize and make friends and and party. And it's hard to ask 18 to 22-year-old football players to uh, stay away from that aspect and only focus on football. See, it can actually work to have football this season if you had the football players, you know, band together and you had the coaches draw a line saying, hey, if you want to play, you're going to have to make the sacrifice and put your social life to the side if you want to play football. That um, That is hard for me to imagine. If I was, like, a football player on, like, a not-so-great team, it would, um, it would be tough to not, like, try to enjoy your college – experience or your college life when you're on the football team because you're obviously you're you're 
popular on campus if you're on the football team. So it's just to be tough to kind of sit out all the social activities as well. Right. And I'm sure you hear our little mascot in the background. Uh, our little, our new puppy Reggie is uh, having a little bit of a blast. Uh, this is very authentic uh, with, with uh, trying to record a podcast and having a puppy that we're trying to entertain at the same time too and keep down. But uh, here's another, another thing that I was wanting to bring up too is students, you know, out at the bars, not social distancing and not wearing masks. It is true that you're very unlikely to have any bad effects from the coronavirus if you catch it. What worries me the most is testing. And when these students get tested positive, you're just another statistic <coughs> that's going to be used against you to, to uh, have college football canceled. So every student that these events that you know, may come out probably asymptomatic, but still has to get tested, comes out positive. You're, you're just hurting the chances of us seeing college football. So, I mean, I just hope that a lot of students think about that when they are going to these bars. I mean, yes, I, I know it sucks, but you also got to think of the effects, you know, from that perspective too. Yeah. Did y'all see that? Uh, I think it was university of North Carolina today went back to virtual, uh, virtual classes after like a week or two, on campus having after having like over a hundred people test positive and um, not super surprising that they tested positive, just kind of crazy that their, um, their immediate reaction is to go back to virtual. I would, I would actually pretty be pretty pissed if um, I was paying full tuition prices for like essentially online learning. Yeah. And I did notice, um, I don't know how most of the student athletes are doing right now, but I do know for a fact that Tennessee's football players, I think pretty much all of them, are taking their classes online. So they're not going to be in the classroom setting. So yes, if, uh, you know, for example, Jeremy Pruitt were to draw a line with his players, tell them to social distance and only hang out, you know, in their dorms with their, with their fellow teammates, go to their designated cafeteria, go to their training facility and go to the practice field. And if they do all those things, they'll keep themselves from uh, being exposed to the virus and then, you know, there's no harm. But, you know, it, like I said, it's hard to ask 18, 22-year-old males to, uh, you know, conform to that. Definitely, it is. Um, so getting back to the actual schedule released today, Holt, we know that the division games are happening. We didn't – I don't know if – I guess we knew who, when the, who the opponents were. They released – SEC released that like a couple Fridays ago. Um but as far as the schedule goes for across division games that are typical every single year, which game are you most excited about? Um, as far as like the non-typical ones that weren't scheduled already, I mean, I guess like Florida, Texas A&M, I think is a really good matchup. Um, I think that's two teams who are really trying to look uh, to take a step forward this year and kind of, you know, challenge the top of the division and maybe even win the division this year. Um, I think whoever wins that game is going to be um, in good position to do that. Um, so definitely that's, that's one that really sticks out to me. Like off the top of my head, um, you know, LSU doesn't really have a tough crossover game. Um, you know, Alabama, Georgia, of course, was already on the schedule. So, you know, that's definitely, you know, I mean, that was something we had already kind of been preparing for and, uh, that's definitely going to be a really, um, <clears throat> you know, big matchup. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess those ones are the ones that kind of stick out. But, I mean, you know, honestly, like, I'm still happy to just see, like, Mississippi State play like Missouri, who still has not come to Starville since they joined the conference. Why does that game specifically excite you? Just because it's different? 
Yeah, I mean, that's just what I mean. Is it's just different. Like uh, that never occurs. It never. Um, you know, I think we <clears throat> the the match has only happened one time since they joined the conference. You know, for I guess this will be their eighth year. Um, so I mean, it's just exciting to play like new teams. Um, I don't know what the fan situation is going to be like. Hopefully, I'll be able to go to some games, but um, you know, if not, I'll still be happy to just watch on TV. But you know, I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, really, we, we kind of already knew the matchups. It's just kind of like what order they were in, and um. You know, it's definitely just exciting to just kind of know how the season's laid out and, you know, I guess what it's going to be looking like. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of uh, Mississippi State Holt, um, the week one schedule is not great overall for SEC, but there is that Mississippi State LSU game. And I don't know if people have been circling it as like an upset. If you want to say like there is an upset for possibility for week one, but um, that one I think could be, especially if there's like no fans at Tiger Stadium. I know LSU obviously is coming off the national championship, and they should have better players in Mississippi State. But um, I mean, they they don't have Joe Burrow. Um, they did lose a lot of players from last year, and you know maybe uh, Mike Leach can have some magic with the quarterback. Yeah, I mean that that was a game that I was kind of looking at, kind of intriguingly as well. Um, I mean, it, it's just. It's going to be entertaining to watch one way or the other. I mean, even if it's not a competitive game, just because it's so, there's going to be so many new faces in that game. I mean, you know, obviously LSU is replacing so much. Um, they're going to have a new quarterback this year. Um, pretty much an entire new defense. Um, so, you know, they, they've actually already had some players opt out as well. Um, you know, looking at like some early launch for this game, Vegas does not expect this to be a close game at all. Um, I think I saw like 24 points um, with the first one I saw from Brad Powers. Um, so there's been a few lines out there. Um, so definitely not something I'm expecting Mississippi State to win, but obviously it'll be Mike Leach's first game. Look at KJ Costello, the uh, Stanford transfer that's going to be a quarterback for Mississippi State. And then, um, you know, obviously Miles Brennan looks to be the starter for LSU, who is a Mississippi native. So kind of a cool storyline there. And, um, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see what LSU looks like this year, um, who are going to be the playmakers. You know, like we said, they lost so many players last year, and they've already had some players opt out um, of the season. Um, so there's going to be a lot of new faces in that game. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Colin Hill looks in Mike Leach's offense. Um, so really just a, a lot to, I guess, kind of look forward to. But honestly, out of all the week one games, the one that <laughs> – um, Probably won't be the most fun to watch, but it's probably going to be the closest game. It's going to be Tennessee-South Carolina. Um, that game has, like, a 100% chance of just being, like, a really ugly game. This is going to be, like, a Will Muschamp special, like, all the way. It's going to be really ugly and hideous, and it's probably going to come down to, like, some really stupid play on special teams at the end. Yeah, um, that is typically how uh, Will Muschamp plays – or teams play, I guess, and – uh, that's how uh, Tennessee, South Carolina kind of looks in general. It's always kind of a good game. JB, sounds like you want to talk about this for a second. Um, well, we can we can get on to that in a second. But I was going to say the game that I really have on upset alert is Auburn hosting Kentucky. Like a lot of a lot of people are, you know, somewhat high on Auburn this year. But I really think they're going to take a step back this season, especially like Holt and I have discussed. Like they've lost their entire offensive line, uh, replaced guys on the defensive line. And this is where Kentucky is strongest is on is in the trenches. 
And another aspect is that Kentucky's also getting uh, Terry Wilson back this season. Uh, they're a borderline top 25 team by a lot of pundits. Uh, there's not going to be any fans at Jordan Hare, so it's really like playing on a neutral field. I really like Kentucky's chances in this one. I'm, I don't know if I want to pick them yet, but Auburn should definitely be on high alert, and I think a lot of people are overlooking this game. And uh, Auburn transfer quarterback Joey Gatewood could potentially uh, be playing quarterback for Kentucky as well. That will be interesting to watch. Yeah, but, you know, as for the Tennessee-South Carolina game, uh, Will Muschamp games, any any game that he's involved in is bound to be ugly. I do think that uh, Tennessee on paper is probably the better team going into this season, but this is the opener. Uh, there's a lot, you know, not to be seen yet. <laughs> there's a lot to be unexpected. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be an ugly game. But, I mean, as of now, if you had to make me pick a team, I'd pick Tennessee to win this one. But I do think it's going to be an ugly game. I mean, just, I mean, I think everyone in the country knows it's going to be ugly. It's um, <clears throat> I know it's kind of it's kind of sad. I try not to. I try my best not to disrespect Kentucky because we they, they proved us wrong so much the last couple of years. But it's still like hard for me to wrap my mind around Kentucky being like a decent football team or decent program or decent SEC team that they have been the past two years. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people just can't accept it. But I mean, Kentucky's good now. Like it is a really good and consistent football program. I mean, they're uh, winning, you know, consistently now. Mark Stoops has done a hell of a job uh, establishing this program, making them competitive. I mean, now the expectations at Kentucky are to go to a bowl every single year. Like, if you don't go to a bowl now, I mean, that's a bad season for Kentucky, which says a lot for what Mark Stoops has done to the program. I mean, the way he's built the program reminds me a lot of uh, Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. Like, he wins more with less. And, I mean, you're expected to win seven games now. They're competitive, you know, against everyone that they play. And, you know, I've seen, like I said earlier a few minutes ago, like they've – you see them in some of the top 25 uh, polls. I know Colt Kubelik in his power rankings has Kentucky fifth in the SEC. I would probably put Kentucky around eighth. But, I mean, they're, they're a really solid team. I mean, with the schedule they had upcoming this year, I would have won seven games. Yeah. Yeah, it's and you have to kind of like reset your mind to a ten game season, not a uh, twelve game season. So you have to yeah. adjust the win loss total, and plus you don't have the, like the easy give me wins with all SEC games versus your, um, you know, your FCS schedule that some teams play uh, one or two games a year. So it's a little little different this year. Um, one thing um, I was also thinking about is the fact that there's only three Power Five conferences having uh, games. This year is that, um, like, for instance, this week one, which is really like week four on the 26th, September 26th, um, it will be cool to see. Um, I think all seven SEC games will probably be on TV somewhere. Not that they're – they usually are on in some form, whether it's like ESPN Plus or something like that. But, I mean, since there's no Big Ten or Pac-12, uh, I mean, you really could see SEC on, like, every single cable network channel. Yeah, I mean, SEC's got a contract with CBS, obviously, with the 230 slot, but they're going to be on one of the SEC family networks. I mean, regardless if it's ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, SEC Network, all seven of these games, uh, you know, uh, for September 26th are all going to be on TV on one of those ESPN networks, you know, in some form or fashion. Yeah. The biggest thing is who does CBS pick? I mean, none of these games are great. I mean, the close, the most competitive one we said is Tennessee, South Carolina. 
but they're not really, you know, what they would consider marquee teams. I mean, do they pick Alabama, Missouri because it's Alabama? Do they pick the defending champs, uh, LSU hosting Mississippi State? Or, you know, do they do the Lane Kiffin special hosting uh, Dan Mullen going back to Ole Miss to the school up north? I mean, there's there's a lot of possibilities who CBS would pick. How lucky is Dan Mullen that they're not going to probably have fans or at least a full stadium when he goes back to Ole Miss? He's probably so happy. Is he is he hated that much at Ole Miss even after he's not at Mississippi State? No, Ole Miss fans hate Dan Mullen with a passion. What what specifically like what's their reason? Just because he coached at Mississippi State, or is there like something specific why they like hate him more than other coaches? The whole Leo Lewis thing, I think they're all still pretty upset about. Um, and then you know, just I think that they're I think they're under the impression that there was like some big conspiracy by Dan Mullen to like you know, get them in trouble with NCAA and all that stuff. And I don't know if there's really any truth to any of that, but I think that's what a lot of Ole Miss fans believe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, well, if um, if Tennessee-South Carolina is not the CBS game of the week, do you think, JB, that they could uh, make it to Jefferson Pilot? Um, well, obviously Jefferson Pilot doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I do miss the old Jefferson Pilot, Raycom Sports, Lincoln Financial Sports. Why the hell would you miss that? Those games were never good. I mean, like it was, I, it was good games, but like it was the early game, and it just never. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't ever the greatest game. It's just more for nostalgia reasons. Yeah. Like even now, like you got the ESPN Family Networks. Like they still put like marquee games now at noon if they feel like it, which. I don't really like. I mean, in the SEC, the marquee games should always be afternoon and evenings. But if you want to make me pick a take a guess right now where CBS is going to be, I think CBS is going to pick uh, the Florida Ole Miss game. I think the Alabama Missouri. That's funny. We're all different because I would say Mississippi State LSU just because it's LSU. I, 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 I think I think LSU wants to start their season at night. I mean, they always like to kick off their season at night, yeah. so that's heard. Although, I mean, the CBS does tend to like to go to the defending champs, but Alabama Missouri does sound like because it's Alabama. But I really think Florida Ole Miss would be a fun one too. It'll be it'll be tough to watch these games without fans if like that's what's going to happen. And even if the the stadium's like you know a quarter of the way full, it's just it's going to be tough to see opening week and SEC without full loud stands and like the band and all that stuff. It's just going to be kind of crazy. Yeah, but at least after the first week, this week two has you know some really good games. So. As long as we can try to make it to week two, we got, like, two great ones. The thing, like, week one was just so, like, so obviously, like, just to warm up for, like, all the big teams. You know what I mean? Like, all the Blue Bloods. Like, it was just very, like, it's so obvious that, you know, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, that they're all just going to get, like, the easiest possible matchup week one since they don't have an out-of-conference game. And, uh. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's like a huge deal because they're going to, you know, end up playing the same teams anyway. Yeah. But it seemed like really obvious to me that, like, that's what they were going for. And they, they could have had, like, a big matchup week one. Uh, but, you know, I think they're more catering towards uh, towards the Blue Blood type teams. I wonder how the top 25 is going to work without the Pac-12 and Big Ten. Is it just going to be, like, the three power five? Lots of SEC teams. Yeah, uh, and eight, and you're gonna have some power six teams in there too. Hell yeah, Memphis is gonna be top ten finally. Be in the top twenty five when the new comes out. Has it come out yet? You're gonna see like uh, <laughs> you're gonna see like some five and five teams like at number. 
Yeah, that's the easy part to me. Can you all can you help me understand? So the NCAA canceled fall championships, but I saw, also saw something that the playoffs can still happen. Yeah, well, the NCAA doesn't control college, the college football playoff. Yeah, so they basically said F you. Yeah, so basically college football can do it at once. And this is kind of crazy. This would be a perfect time to expand the playoff. I mean, because yeah. you can do whatever you want this year. I mean, it's not going to make Well, a- this would be like the best year to let like a non-Power 5 team in too. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, they're not going to do that if they only have four, but still. Yeah. Another aspect is uh, bowls. Like, how are we going to do the bowls? Because, then you know, there's going to be a lot of SEC teams, especially that are not going to finish five and five. You know, these are teams that rely on the FCS opponent and a, you know, a weaker group of five, you know, what do you ever call it, the non-Power 5 opponent that they can have to get help them get to six wins. And you're not going to have that this year. So, I mean, that's really – that could hurt schools in the mid-pack like Kentucky, uh, South Carolina, uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss that really need those games to become bowl eligible. But the other thing is that there may not may be too many bowls anyway, so teams that finish four and six might actually get a chance to even go to a bowl too. Well, I mean, I think there's more bowl slots than there are teams playing right now. Yeah. So. I mean, I just feel like obviously some bowl games are going to get canceled, but I, I sort of feel like if you, you know, I mean, honestly, if you get two conference wins, <laughs> then in a regular season, like if you count four non wins that would obviously get you to six so i mean you know i mean i, I guess it is different because you're playing 10 conference games but um you know i, I don't know I, I feel like if you get to like two or three wins even like they may still like let you in just because they want to fill the bowl slots yeah it will um it'll be fun to see how everyone is scrambling at the end of the year i mean hopefully we can sleep have... over there what's that let's say you sleep over there it is it is later here than there um but i'm gonna power through it for for the podcast for the official SEC Slow Snow podcast that is has has Memphis released their schedule yet has who has Memphis released their schedule yet I haven't heard anything but I did see like the American said like a few weeks ago that they're gonna play all twelve games yeah and the and Memphis is kicking off their season September fifth like it's full steam ahead I was just listening to a local radio and Memphis uh, sports. Uh, uh, play-by-play host uh, Dave Willotion already said that he's already been told and he's been he's planning to be on site at the Liberty Bowl September fifth for their opener, so that they're it's full steam ahead for the Americans to uh, begin the season Labor Day weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their schedule now according to uh, Wikipedia, of course, and they're um, they have ten games. I think you can play a full full schedule if you want to, but I mean I think a couple of their games got canceled. So uh, Martin got. Because Purdue Purdue got canceled and UT Martin got canceled, just, um, but they're going to find a replacement. So for at um, least the UT Martin game, so we'll see we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, they're they're playing. Uh, yeah, North Dakota for an opponent. What North Dakota State's looking for opponents, and and they keep getting turned down. I don't know if you saw that. No, they've reached out to like a hundred schools, and every single one of them has turned them down. Yeah, I, I would want to play North Dakota State either. <laughs> Nobody wants to play North Dakota State. North Dakota State has their quarterback is supposed to be like maybe the first pick in the draft next year. Yeah, yeah, I saw that because I was thinking it was just a two two man race between Trevor Lawrence and Fields, but um, this guy, I mean, he he looks pretty. I watched like a quick highlight of him on Sports Center. He looks like he'd be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to tell against like FCS teams 
But he does like kind of remind me of like Cam Newton a little bit. Yeah, I'm about to look him up for you here. Tra- uh, Trey Lance. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I threw a blank on his name, but that sounds right. No, that's that's it. Yeah, but yeah, he's he does look like he's dual threat. Uh, whenever I was watching the highlights, but um, we'll see we'll see how that plays out. Maybe Memphis can get that um, game scheduled for North Dakota State. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, pretty imp- honestly. What? That'd be a pretty impressive win, honestly. That'd probably be more impressive than some teams in the American. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would probably agree with that. Yeah, but I also got an email um, from, like, the Memphis Athletic Department saying something about, like, how we're going to do game tickets this year, how it's going to be, like, a digital experience, like, so you don't have to um, touch anybody or hand anybody anything. So I was like, okay, are we actually uh, being allowed to come to the games? Because that's kind of exciting if we can. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I mean, you know, even if they – obviously, it's not going to be full capacity, but it would be nice if they just, you know, like maybe like half capacity or something like that, just have everybody kind of distance a little bit. Um, and, I mean, you know, you're outside. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, again, as I've said many times this podcast, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but from what I understand, the studies have shown that the virus doesn't transmit outside really at all. It's pretty much just – you know, inside in close approximations or, you know, approximate. Um, so, I, I mean, I would think that outside would be safe, but if you're looking at the MLB, I mean, they're not having fans. And- yeah. I mean, we're, the U.S. isn't anywhere near like where some of the rest of the countries are in the world, like as far as um, reducing the spread, like in Europe, but they're in Europe, they actually have like soccer fans at the, um, at the stands and it's like reduced capacity. I saw something about, like I saw like a track meet, over the weekend, which I was probably the only one watching it, but um, there were fans in the stands. It was somewhere in Europe, uh, so uh, it can be possible. I think. Yeah, well, I definitely hope so. That would definitely be, you know, really exciting and, uh, you know, a welcome, you know, surprise. I think right now we'd just be happy with games on TV and no fans, but you know, obviously we'll take anything we can get absolutely okay so we um we haven't really talked too much i mean we talked a little bit about the schedule did y'all want to mention anything else about the schedule uh that we haven't talked about before we kind of proceed to rapid fire holes favorite part of the podcast there was one thing that kind of stood out to me a little bit i mean i guess just you know obviously the rivalry games typically at least the egg bowl the iron bowl and then of course the famous uh missouri arkansas game the very heated hated um, not at all forced by the SEC rivalry. Uh, that'll all be on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, the Seattle Miss game did get moved off of Thanksgiving d- Day. Uh, it's going to be on Saturday. Um, I don't really understand that, but that's what they're doing. Um, so I-, I thought that that was good, you know, good to see. Um, and then I also liked it because it kind of says to me that, uh, you know, they're confident in being able to make it through the season because, they would have put all the robbery games week one, you know, like it would have been exciting and it would have like guaranteed that, you know, or at least really greatly, I guess, uh, made the odds bear of, of those games being played. But to me, having the robbery games that late in the season um, says that uh, they're confident that they can get through the season, which I, I hope is true. Me too. We'll see. We yeah. will see, but I am uh, hoping for the best here. But what I'm looking forward to, Alex, is uh, the next two podcasts when me and Holt are going to do game by game for all seven East teams and all seven West teams. Like those, that's what the podcast 
are just going to be centered on is just doing record predictions for all seven teams in each division for two separate podcasts. That's going to be a lot of fun. That will be a very intense podcast. And I can I, I do enjoy being the tiebreaker for y'all too. It is my specialty. Okay, cool. So glad we got all that out. So now we can get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Whole the famous, world famous, the official, world famous, rapid fire. And Holt, I do have at least two questions. And I don't know if you want us to ask JB or you this time. I think it's my turn. <laughs> well, well, shit. We're gonna we're gonna try our best because I know JB didn't prepare for this. JB. Uh, the silence is deafening. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, JB, you're going to have to ask a couple questions, too, because I, I got my two. And then after that, I can um, I can just kind of wing it to see where how far we can get. Let's just ring it. I mean, not ring it, nah. Wing it. Okay. Whatever. All right. Holt, favorite song to dance to? Mambo number five. Mambo number five. Very good classic. All right. I got three holds. Um, favorite type of liquor? Uh, Maker's Mark. Good call. Uh, JB, have you had Maker's Mark? I've had it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's 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 whatever for me. I mean, I'll, I'll drink it, but I mean, I've I've got others that I like too. All right, I do have another one. Um, Bojangles or Whataburger? Um, like is this just like a one-time meal, or is this just like like if you can only have one of those chains, like in Memphis, like or actually no, what? Never mind. Which one do you like better? I mean, which one do you think? I mean, better? I would like rather go to Bojangles than Whataburger, but Whataburger has way more options. So, like, if I had to eat there like all the time, I would prefer Whataburger because I get breakfast or lunch. And it's, I mean, Bojangles you can't get lunch, but I just only get the uh, chicken biscuits when I go there. And see, that's what bothers me because I really have heard the Whataburger breakfast is really good, but I'm just I'm never around it enough. But I mean, I've heard their pancake platter is really good. Yeah. I would not know either. Uh, Holt, if this is very hypothetical now, if you were to get married one day, what would be your first song for wedding? And this is very um, like at the wedding. Yeah, like your first song to dance to with your your bride. Um, probably "She's My Kind of Rain" by Tim McGraw. That's that's not a bad one. I this is very appropriate because I'm trying to get ideas uh, as the newly engaged here. Yeah, well, I did think of you because on TV they just showed the. The Brave sign and the battery. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, it made me think of you. Yeah, I thought that would, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But, um, all right, cool. So, my next question is um, best sweet tea uh, from where? I guess who has the best sweet tea is a better way of saying it. Sweet tea. I think there's only like two possible answers. Yeah, well, I mean, the first one obviously that popped to my head was McAllister's, but like, I feel like there's another one oh. that I'm not thinking of right now. Um, you know what? The sweet tea is actually really good. Is Rendezvous? They do have good sweet tea. You're right. They they put like the ice and the lemon. In it. Like they, I don't know what. It's like their ice and lemon tastes better for some reason. There. There's another place that has really underrated sweet tea that no one thinks about, but that's Dunkin' Donuts. Their sweet tea. I don't know why that's so good there, but it's like a strong brew and it's it's awesome. I'm surprised you didn't uh, think about Chick Fil A. Hold, I feel like that would be in there. Yeah, that's a good one. I like their lemonade. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like I, and I haven't been to McAllister's forever. There's there's are some here in Atlanta, but 
not super close to me. I mean, I say not super close, but it's like 20 minute drive, which is seems like forever for me now. Yeah. I mean, Bojangles has really good sweet tea also. Yeah. It does. I'm the only one who doesn't like their sweet tea, apparently, because I know it says legendary, but it's not good to me. <laughs> I mean, to me, sweet tea is sweet tea for most places. Mm, disagree. But, but uh, one another thing, another question for you, Colt. Uh, what is your favorite country song on the radio right now? Um, I forgot the guy's name who sings it, but there's a song called Cowboy. You don't know the song I'm talking about? Sing it. Um... <laughs> Uh, when I was six, I had two forty-five strapped to my hips, wanted dead or alive. When I got to high school, not much really changed. I ran from the cops in my souped-up Mustang. You ever heard that song? Uh, no, but I am googling. Uh, like a cowboy, Mark Park McCollum. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm not to listen to this one because I haven't heard this one yet. It's really good. I think it's pretty new because, like, I just heard it the other day. Chris Stapleton wrote it. And then I guess for some reason he didn't want to sing it, so he sold it to that guy, and that guy made it. And I really like it, you, dude. Look up like all the songs that I mean, just anyone listening, y'all should look up the songs that Chris Stapleton has wrote. He's written so many hits, country hits from the last like ten years. I had like no idea. Like he's written like some really good songs that like he doesn't sing. Yeah, I will have to look up. That's like Brantley Gilbert. He's wrote, written a lot of songs. So is um. David Lee Murphy, believe it or not, has wrote a lot of songs that um, he hasn't sang or sung, whatever the right tense of that is. One thing that, like, I love country music, but, you know, one thing that kind of soured a little bit on it is, like, once you find out, like, none of these guys write, like, their own music, it's kind of, it's a little depressing. Like, it makes you, like, not respect them as much. Well, that's uh, that's music in general. Not a lot of people, like, write their songs, especially, like, pop. There's a lot of pop artists that don't write their own music. music. Is, that, is that not the case? What? I thought that like a lot of rappers wrote their own music. Is that not the case? Well, no. Well, rappers for the most part do, um, in my experience. But there are some like some like whispers of uh, rappers having ghost writers. Like Drake has like ghost writers for him. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I don't really know. But I just yeah, it's just it is a bit depressing. Like because you think that like you know they came up with like the you know the music and the lyrics mm-hmm. and then. They- Sing it so well, and then you find out that like someone else wrote it, and it's just kind of like, man, that's kind of I don't know. Least make... least favorite beer, um, Bud Light. Ooh, you'll drink it though. Yeah, I mean, I'll drink it. I don't know if there's, I mean, maybe like Keystone, Natty, like like... Natty Light. Yeah, I, I mean... have never drank. I've ne- like I-, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but. I have never once tried Natty Light or Keystone. Well, it's because yeah, we didn't we didn't go to real college. That's why Keystone they had penny pitchers um, at Cowbells in Starville on Thursdays, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was like Keystone and Natural Light and Bud Light, like all I like, mixed together. For you know, it's pretty much what it tasted like. I, I don't understand like how you're hating so much on Bud Light when you like Miller Light. Because I feel like there's like not as much of a difference. Or people that like Bud Light like Miller Light, and people like yeah. Don't well, I I just I don't know. I mean, I just feel like Miller Light has way more flavor than Bud Light. Bud Light to me is very just like bland and like watery. Like I'm Miller Light, I feel like I can actually taste it. Does and, I actually really like uh, Michelob too. Michelob, Michelob is good. Does um, Bud Light have the better commercials? Yeah, Bud Light has good commercials. I mean, they're they have a cool logo and everything too. Like, I mean, I like Bud Light. I just you know, 
I mean, I just don't like the way it tastes. Doesn't doesn't beat that uh, Miller Lite commercial back in the day. Like, was it great taste less filling? Yeah, I mean, I feel like beer commercials have like the best beer, beers and like insurance companies usually like thought out. But you can't drink in a commercial. Yeah, that is, I never thought about that. Yeah, but you I can't. You can't. I don't think it's like. I think it's like a rule. So now you can watch the beer commercials or alcohol commercials. Yeah, and- I remember like the. There was like an NFL referee commercial where they were like, if they were drinking like Bud Light or they, they weren't drinking Bud Light and uh, like the referee would come in and like throw a flag and like, you know, take away the beer and give them like a Bud Light or something. And then I can't remember if it was Bud Light or Miller Light, but then like the other one came back and made like a, a follow up commercial, like in response to it. And they were like, what is this crap? We don't want this. And like the referees were like actually just like sneaking off with all the beer. Yeah. Have you um, have you ever pretended to be Stone Cold Steve Austin drinking Miller Lite? Yes. <laughs> Is this a regular occurrence? Um, define regular. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it's like the thing. Dude, I feel like girls would never understand that, but like, guys like think it's so funny. I think it's so funny when somebody tries to do that. I really want to do the Stone Cold Steve Austin celebration with two beer cans one day, but also it's just a way to do really good beers too. Yeah. Well, you, you got to get someone to toss them to you. That's the trick. <laughs> Like point at someone and then like you know like bring your fingers in like you know hey throw me one and then once you get one you got to be like go back and be like no give me another one <laughs> you got you got to have like a teammate to do that for and then you, you got to open you got to toss them together and then just like throw them in your mouth and then throw them out and then you just wasted two good cans of beer you want to see me finish this beer give me a hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I want to do that at least once maybe I'll do that like on a pontoon boat or something well I mean y'all don't. Y'all don't like really drink that much in general. I mean, you do. Uh, I want to celebration at least once in my life. Well, no, I'm I'm saying like that's the point is that you don't. So like you could, I mean, you could do it like tonight or tomorrow or whenever you want to. <laughs> it's like it's not a big deal. And plus, like Bud Light or Miller Lite is not expensive, so you could definitely like drink two beers or like waste half of those beers and drink it. And like Hulk can take a video of you and send it to us, and we can post it on Twitter for everyone. <laughs> yeah, after we after we find the t ball picture. Hey, we- Funniest of us three to do the Stone Cold Steve Austin, you think? Definitely you. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be me. It'd be one of y'all because y'all are like y'all are bigger and like it would make more sense. Probably you, JB, because you'd probably mess it up somehow. I probably would mess it up. I, I wouldn't be perfect, and I'd probably just end up pouring like beer all over me. Have you shotgun a beer, JB? I have. Yeah, I've seen shotgun a beer. That was that was comedy. What me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, she- Take your time shotgunning your beer. I, I do. I do enjoy enjoy my shotgun. I enjoy it. You more or less just like want to enjoy your beer, so I can respect that. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, it depends. It depends what kind of mood. I haven't um, I haven't seen anybody drink faster than JB on like two for one night at Huey's when like it's like nine fifty five and it closes at ten. He's like, okay, give me give me two real quick, and he drinks it, and then like, all right, give me two more. <laughs> yeah, I'll say give me two more like nine fifty nine. Yeah, yeah, I've done that before, but um, you do you do drink it faster. All right. Um, what other questions we got for a whole? We we got maybe two or three more because we're running late on time here, and I might have to let out a yawn again. Um, let's see what we got for you, Holt. Um, I don't want to get too personal with work. I could go work related, but I don't want to go work related for you because that's supposed. To, I mean, this is work. We're already talking about work right now with this podcast. Mm. Favorite favorite website? Oh, and keep this uh, PG thirteen, please. I mean, does Twitter count as a website? 
Uh, I guess, no, I I would say like outside of social media. I mean, (laughs) I mean, honestly, like the only websites I ever go to or, you know, social media sites, Amazon or like the Mississippi State, like 247 site. Like that's pretty much it. Favorite, uh, favorite game to play as a kid. I will say, uh, I'll just say like custom offsets because I did get a truck recently. And they're like a company that sells, um, you know, like aftermarket rims and tires and stuff. So I've been checking them out a lot lately. Yeah. So I'll just say I'll say custom offsets. If anyone likes truck stuff, they got some some cool some cool stuff on there. And I've I've got one more for Holt. Uh, your favorite restaurant since you've moved to Memphis? New ones that you've tried? The new ones I've tried. Well, I mean, I had never had Lost Day before. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the. One Patrick's is one. Yeah, well, I'd Wingaroo's had, one. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I I had definitely had Patrick's before. Um, but since I moved back, yeah, I mean, I think probably Wingaroo. Wingaroo is probably some of the best wings I've ever had. Um, I'm definitely a huge fan of that. I still have never been to Ching's, but from everything I've heard, um, it's not that impressive. So I probably won't ever try it. That's probably like the most famous Memphis place, but I would recommend Wingaroo. Yeah, Wing Guru is my go-to for Wayne. Yeah, it was funny because, like, I went, um, you know, like, back when, um, you know, like, a lot of, like, the protests and stuff were going on, and people were talking about how, like, great I was that I was supporting my own business, and I was like, uh, like, I mean, you know, that's great, but I'm just here because the wings are really good. I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but, yes, you're welcome. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what <laughs> favorite uh Favorite game to play as a kid, Holt? Uh, like video games or yeah, like hide and go seek, or is it hide and go seek? Well, playing hide and go seek with you suck because <laughs> like you even like you wouldn't even hide. You wouldn't even have to hide because like <laughs> <laughs> that was like the savage moves that kids would make. Like, and that's what happened when I was always it. The kids would never, <laughs> so I wouldn't catch them. Yeah, well, Alex was just like I mean, Alex is one of those people that just I don't know. He just. I don't know. He just like floats. He floats like a butterfly. He's like Muhammad Ali. He just yeah. like tag him. He's just gonna like spin around and just mm. you know run. And then he's a you know marathon runner, so he can just freaking run like all day and just like never get tired. Wasn't and, wasn't a marathon runner back in the day, but yeah, um, I got. But you. definitely playing. That was not super fun. I mean, I definitely thought the most fun was playing home run derby. Home run derby and uh, Clavertin Cove. Home yeah, home those are the good times. Always the good ones. Um, I think that might be it. Um, I guess last one, last last one is if you're a wrestler, what would be your finishing move? Would it be the stunner? I mean, that's definitely my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. It's the I easiest would, one too. Wonton bomb from one of yeah. the hard boys, whichever one used to jump off the edge, jump off the whatever you call it, turnbuckle, whatever the shit they're called. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. I've, it's so crazy. So I loved wrestling when I was a kid. And, like, I can't even, like, tell you anything that's going on nowadays. I I flip it on every now and then to see what it looks like. But it's it's hard for me to, like, stay watching it. Um, well, I think that, like, I can't watch it anymore because, like, it's it's the punches and, like, the kicks, like, are just so fake that, like, it pisses me off. It's always been that way, though. Like, I mean, I always knew it was fake, but, like, I guess, like, not watching it for so long and then, like, watching it now, it's, like, when they punch each other and, like, kick each other, like, it's just so, like, I don't know. I just – it actually just makes me mad, like, that they think that – I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they think, but 
Well, I'm sorry to bring up that traumatic experience, Holt. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you just ruined my day. <laughs> um, Jamie, throw, throw my beer so I can be like Stone Cold again. I'll do that. All next right. Time. <laughs> yeah, next time. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us at SEC Slow Smoked, and we will see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh,